This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Indoors or out, summer, fall, winter, and spring. Whatever you garden, wherever you garden. This is the show that covers it all. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's. Grow the world you want with help from Scott's. Well, good morning, and a gorgeous weekend. This is going to be one of the best weekends of the summer, I'm told, weather-wise. It's it's so clear out there, too. Sky oh, is good. Bright, bright blue. It's like being in the Caribbean or something. Look who's back in the control room. I don't even recognize it's, her. It's Grace. It yes. is? Oh. Let's all say Grace. That's Grace. Grace. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was teasing her. I said, oh, we're going to have to do a little retraining on Grace. She's been away for so long. But nice but, to have you back, girl. And the uh, voice you have been listening to there, uh, she pontificates, uh, is our own... <laughs> <laughs> Our own Charlie Dobbin, Master Gardener. I'm the sous chef of the garden, soon to be booted out of the studio. And uh, mm-hmm. Frank Proctor here. And we're uh, going to be on the air right through to 10 o'clock, taking your questions, suggestions, whatever. Before I do anything else, the mantra is call once, no, call early, call often. One question per call. See, I'm bringing myself up, which is nuts. Uh, and the phone numbers are in Toronto, 416-360-0740. And uh, anywhere out of town in the province, uh, it's toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Mm, thank you, Frank. Why, you're you welcome. so well. Uh, okay, a couple quick, quick updates. Remember last week we had a call from Bill in Penetang, and he was talking about his girls. Oh, yeah. And the one thing I, I forgot to ask him, the, the names of the girls, the, his flowers. Oh, he had names, I think. And yeah. I remember his, his wife was giving him a bit of a hard time, him and his African violence, because he really obviously <laughs> cares for them very well. Uh, his question was, why were some of the um, edges of some of the leaves turning brown hmm. on just two of his specimens? So not on all of them, just on two. I told him I'd check it out. Well, the two things I found out that you know might be having some uh, some impact on his African violets is that in this when the light changes in our homes as the seasons change. So, for example, your African violets are in a window all winter and they're doing fine, and then spring and summer comes, and of course the sun moves. It also becomes much more intense. African violets can really start to suffer from too much light. So quite often, uh, people who do use natural light for their African violets need to move them out of the window for the summer, move them away, you know, 10 Mm -hmm. feet away from the window, because that bright light that's the winter light is a much less intense than the summer light. So they're fine, you know, in the winter on the window ledge, but have to be away from the window in the summer. So browning but on... But in a well-lit spot, but not direct sunlight. Is well, that right? Well, winter direct sunlight is okay. It's okay. summer yeah. direct mm. sunlight that's not. So sometimes um, brown edges on the leaves can be an indication of too much light, which could be connected to that spring-summer change-up. So that was mm-hmm. just one thought I came up with. So perhaps that was what was causing it. Uh, the other thing is humidity. Hard to believe that humidity would be too low. We've had a fairly humid summer, 
But you never know, Bill might be running a dehumidifier in his house. Um, mm-hmm. If humidity is too low, African violets will sometimes get little crispy brown edges on their leaves. So just to think about a way to you know, increase humidity around your African violets or any tropical plants, think about a pebble tray. We've talked about this before. It's like a, the idea of a cookie sheet with mm-hmm. a layer of pebbles inside. Plants sitting on top of the pebbles, water kept in the tray at all times, but not so that the water is touching the pots above. And that can just be a way to increase humidity around plants uh, that can help. And, of course, it goes without saying, and we did say last week, he wasn't watering with cold water and he wasn't watering. No, he left it out for a week, I think. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. so it wasn't cold right out of the tap. It wasn't highly chlorinated. You know, all Mm -hmm. those things were right uh, because those things as well can cause the brown edges. So there it is. Uh, Bill, if you're listening, that's that's my best update I can give you on what might be going on there. Now, I see your eyes drifting toward a page there that might might indicate you have some announcements. I do, darling. Ah. Very good. Oh, you are just. I'm picking up on all so... the little little innuendos <laughs> you and are yes, a body yes. language guy. I'm gonna cook quick this morning. He's the <laughs> sous chef like crazy. Uh, okay, just uh, anybody who's got questions or is thinking about their lawn. Now I know it's not big on you because you're not a big lawn guy these days. Oh, an apartment. Living no. in an apartment, <laughs> but many of our listeners, including myself, have lawns, and we have a special guest joining us uh, at about. 9.30, Glenn Martin oh, yeah. will be with us. Remember Glenn from Scotts Canada. He's the Director of Marketing. He's. We're going to be talking a little bit about feeding, fall feeding for the lawns, top dressing, overseeding, when, how, why do we do all those things. So looking forward to that. And everybody stay tuned if you've got lawn questions. Uh, now, a couple of announcements. These are all to be put on your calendar for the future. September the 8th, a Wednesday, the Riverdale Hort Society is hosting their annual Potluck Supper. Everyone is welcome. And that's at the Frankland Community Center, which is 816 Logan Avenue. Also in Burlington on Wednesday, September the 8th, it's the Hort Society's general meeting and flower show. That's always cool to see the, the flower shows because people really get out there and they compete. I tell you, they do... They, Bring the best and compete with it and are very proud of the various ribbons and things that they can win. Uh, The Hort Society always meets at the Senior Centre in Burlington, which is 2285 New Street at Drury Lane. I'm just thinking of the one with the potluck supper. Mm. I wonder if anybody brings edible flowers. (laughs) I wonder. (laughs) Wouldn't that be, oh, well. Murder! Why? Well, you know, we love the flowers. We don't want to eat them. Well, I mean, there's some pretty cool things. I was just talking to somebody, um, a client yesterday. He said he lives in a tiny little urban uh, home here in Toronto. But he grew zucchini last year, yeah. not for the zucchini, because as you know, zucchini get huge plants, and, mm. and they're quite often out of control. He grew zucchini strictly for the flowers. Because oh. he loves eating zu- stuffed zucchini flowers. Well, it wasn't such a dumb question, I guess. After so all. there you okay. go. So that, but that was interesting. I've never known anybody to grow a plant like a zucchini yeah. specifically for the flowers and not for you know a few zucchinis along the way. Not till now. You don't know what you'll learn listening you to the show. Tell I tell you. And the people mm. I meet in my daily life. It's pretty Righty special. Ho. Speaking of the people I meet. Um, you and I met the Sierra Sill president, Michael Bentley, yeah, a nice month guy. or so. Mm-hmm. Very nice guy. And he is the president of a company that makes an all-natural mineral complex that's been clinically proven to reduce inflammation. So, young guy, what you know, why is he interested in, you know, problems with inflammation? But it's something he learned about from his dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a completely natural. It's from the Sierra Mountains. These are minerals. 
uh, encapsulated that you take on a daily basis to keep yourself limber and active and playing tennis and kickboxing and gardening pain-free. So for more information on Cerasil, call 1-877-JOINT-14. Need gardening advice? You've come to the right place. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, the makers of miracle Grow. Frank Proctor along with Charlie and Grace in the control room, the first voice you will speak to when calling in. And our first caller is from Maple Donata. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, both of you. Good morning. I really enjoy your show. Thank you. I plant a lot of vegetables, a lot of flowers, mandovel, all kinds of flowers. Excellent. But I want to ask you a question about amarillas. Mm-hmm. I got a quite a few. It's outside on the ground with a lot of pot mm-hmm. and looks very healthy. I don't know what to do now. Well, you have two options with amaryllis. Uh, these are bulbs that we always want to get them flowering around Christmas time is yeah, the traditional want, time. Yeah. And you have them outside now, so they're, they're not dormant. They're full of green leaves. Oh, yeah, it's really growing, yeah. Yep, so they're happy and they're healthy. They're happy and healthy, yes. Two options. Option one is... Uh, Bring them inside and treat them as a house plant. Put them in a sunny spot, water as necessary, and they will eventually pop a flower stem. The light, that's okay. Well, I can put any spot or... Well, bright and sunny will be important inside. Okay. Option two is to do with the more traditional treatment, which is to force them to become dormant. Okay. And the way you're going to force that to happen is you're going to completely stop watering them. Uh, put them into some shade, like get them out of the sun, put them into some shade. They'll, the leaves will start to turn brown and wither off. Outside, yeah. L- yeah, you could leave them outside for probably another couple of weeks anyway until they're, the leaves are good and yellow. Then you'll okay. cut the leaves off. You'll put the, you just tuck them into a dark spot inside your home. It doesn't have to be like the root cell or anything, but just a, a dark spot, no water. Mark it on your calendar, 10 weeks. And in 10 weeks, take them out of that dark spot and they should, you'll water them once. And when they start to grow, they should start to grow with a flower stem. Yeah, I know. Okay. Thank you very, very much. I really enjoy your show. Oh, our pleasure. Thank you, Dad. Anywhere I go, I try to be home on the time (laughs) the show is on. That's great. Anyway, thanks a lot. Thanks, Donata. Have a wonderful day and thank you for listening to AM740 Zoomer Radio. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And my sous chef, Frank Proctor. And wonderful producer, Grace Saki. However, I would like to just say one thing, which is that what Donata said, she tries to be home for the show. Yeah. Keep in mind that if you can't be home between 9 and 10 on a Saturday morning, we are podcast. So what that means is that the show is saved and it's available on the web for you to listen to any time you want. Just at your convenience, go to iTunes.com, put in this little search at the top and just put in The Garden Show or Charlie Dobbin or anything like that. And it'll come up and hit the little icon and you can listen to any show you wish. There you are. The boss, I understand, checks that regularly for little mistakes that I might make. Oh, no, I don't think so. I hope not. The boss thinks that you're really becoming quite a gardener. (laughs) <laughs> fooled him I was oh going to say he obviously yeah. doesn't know much about gardening no, but doesn't. anyway <laughs> Dorothy in Toronto is anxious to speak to us hi Dorothy how are you oh well I'm not very happy about my grass oh good timing to call yes what's going on with your grass Dorothy it's full of this awful weed which I never had before and somebody told me it was called 
chick grass. Oh, chickweed, oh, probably. Or whatever it was. It's long. It's six inches in diameter, and it's all over the backyard. Just mm-hmm. taken right over, has it? Wow. And I uh, tried to kill it with this new weed, um, you know, lawn uh, weed killer, mm-hmm. and it doesn't work on that. Mm. The the new weed killer called Weed Be Gone? Yes. Okay. And I phoned them, mm-hmm. and they gave me a list of ten weeds it will eradicate, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't think it's this one. I know it's not this one. And underneath the weeds, the grass is gone. Mm. Mm. When you say it's six inches in diameter, you mean each little clump of the weed is about six yes. inches. Are Are the leaves small? Yeah. Well, they're small and narrow. And narrow. Are they a little bit fuzzy or furry? They're not furry. They're just tough. Hmm. And, and I've never seen it before. Did and um, my neighbor has it, and uh, somebody else on my street has it. Hmm. And I live in Etobicoke. Did it uh, flower at all? Did you notice that weed? I beg your pardon? Did, were there ever any flowers on that weed? No. It, it you just saw? came up... Um, it started, I guess, in June, mm. and uh, I just saw a couple, you know, and thought nothing of it because I was more concerned about the dandelions, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, the, it's patches of it. Sure, a little, bit of, <clears throat> a little bit of rain has meant that our gardens have grown well this summer, but so have the weeds, yes. and weeds can really take advantage of every opportunity. I mean, that's yeah. that's what they do. Now, um, so you first saw it in June. Have you tried digging it out at all? Oh, yes, but it's i got to get down my hands and knees and do it. Yeah, which because, is... Because uh, none of the uh, instruments that they have out will... Pull it out. Yeah. doesn't grab it the way it grabs Because the, no. there's, there's those grabbing tools that yeah. you step on. That doesn't work that at all. It doesn't work at all. All right, so the weed be gone. When did you first try spraying it? Do you know? Was it back in June or was it more? No, no. It was after this uh, weed be gone came out. Okay, but it did. that came out actually in late May, I believe, but it was kind of hard, a bit of a limited yeah. inventory for no, a while. I tried it over a month ago. Okay, okay. And it did work <laughs> on my dandelion. Mm-hmm. So um, I wanted to see if that worked first, and it did. Good. And uh, it, the grass came back. Mm-hmm. But this, underneath this weed, mm. there's no grass. Right. That sounds a lot like chickweed, though chickweed does tend to have a bit of a furry um, leaf. Well, mouse-eared ch- chickweed has a bit of a furry leaf. Uh, there is chickweed that's not furry. It does definitely kill the grass. There's no question. It's like yeah. this invasive alien. It comes into your lawn and the poor little grass just runs. You can almost hear it crying as the grass dies. It's just it's horrible. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, digging out may be your only option, like a real hands and knees job. Maybe, you know, with some good knee pads or, or some, you know, e- there's some, some kneeler gizmos. It it's got like a soft knee pad with hand rests on either side. Yeah. Something like that might be what you need to kind of work around your lawn so that you can stay on your knees but then have an easier way to get up. You know, have something to lean on as you get up. Yeah. Um, but bottom line, Glenn Martin, who is the director of marketing of Scots Canada, will be joining us in about 10 minutes. So keep listening. See if he's got any suggestions. He's a really good turf guy. He understands lawns. He's been in the industry for a long, long time. And he may have some suggestions for you. And I imagine if he's not listening now, I will tune him into your question and see if he has any other thoughts on what you could do. So anyway, if I pull these weeds out, Mm -hmm. and I bought... um, grass seed mm-hmm. from a reputable well it was plant world I bought the grass seed okay. from and put it in that 
Will that make it come back? No, that, absolutely. That's exactly what you should do. Once you can get the weeds gone, whether it's using chemical methods or physical mechanical methods, the best thing by far to do is get some grass seed back into those spaces so that the grass will grow and the weeds will not be able to come back in and take over. And uh, is this the right time of the year to plant the grass seed? It absolutely is. Well, good. I hit it right. (laughs) You did. I'd hang on uh, to any more questions there and listen uh, at, in about nine minutes' time, we'll be having uh, Glenn on. Okay, thanks, Dorothy, very much. Thanks for your call, Dorothy. Uh, Phone numbers for The Garden Show here at AM740, 416-360-0740 in Toronto. Anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. 921, as we uh, share a beautiful Saturday morning with you, we're going to come back to talk to Phyllis in Alliston in just a moment. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, makers of EcoSense Weed Be Gone, the new way to kill weeds. Zoomer Radio AM740 as we say good morning to Phyllis in Alliston. Hi, Phyllis. Yes, hi. How is everybody today? Great. We're great. Thank you. It's a gorgeous day. It is. Yeah, I'm calling in regards to my morning glories. Mm -hmm. I have planted them in the spring all around the property and just there there are hardly any blooms on it hmm. they're all great big leaves okay but no blooms. It, you know what might be happening there well two things are they getting lots of sun lots of sun okay and you're definitely checking in the morning because you know how morning glories work they do all their flowering sure. early in the day yes if you are too good of a plant care person and you love your plants and you water them and you fertilize them and you give them really good soil right you often with plants like morning glory will get a lot of leaves and not a lot of flowers and that's for what reason? Um, just because they're taking advantage of all that TLC that you're giving, and they're just growing bigger and bigger and bigger, but they're not flowering. Nasturtium will do the same thing. Lots and lots of leaves, not a lot of flowers. So oh. the, the, the moral of that story is you have to be tougher and meaner to your plants. Okay, I cut all the leaves off, thinking it might help for to pop out flowers what, what, that was there. Mm-hmm. And now they started coming out now, but not as many as the leaves. Right. So, so, I mean, you can't do much. When it rains, it rains. You can't do anything about that. But do not fertilize at all. If you have been fertilizing, you know, cease and desist that. And then just for, you know, obviously you're doing good things. The plants are big and happy and healthy. But what you want is flowers. And you will find that in a more stressful, more neglected situation, they, you will get more flowers. So just forget forget just, about them. That's right. That's right. Just, you know, yell at them every now and then, but don't give them anything. Tough love. Yep. Yeah. Tough love. Yeah. That's hard to do, but I can do it. I think you can. Okay, that sounds great. <laughs> Thanks, Phyllis. Have a great day, eh? You too. <laughs> you Thank bet. you very much. Good luck with that. Thank you. 926 don't here. Don't you love that? Somebody who's taking too good of care yeah. of their plants. Yeah, you know? and you think, well, you're doing everything right. Do right. Yeah. You're Stop being it. Good. Stop, Stop being good. Stop being so good. Yeah. <laughs> Stop being such a good plant person. Now, let's see. Burlington is our next destination, uh, I believe. Oh, no, sorry. Toronto. Bryce is on the line. Bryce, hi. How are you? Hi. Um, can you hear me? Yes. Sorry. Morning. Um, yes. I got given this potted tree a while back. It's. I think the guy said it was an umbrella tree. Mm-hmm. I've been, you know, taking care of it, watering it, everything you know, every couple of days or so, mm-hmm. and for some, they told me it would, you know, last through everything, and for some reason it's dying. <laughs> I've tried changing the soil, fertilizing, 
I've tried doing everything to it. I've tried putting it out on the back deck mm-hmm. where it gets the most sun. Yeah. And it just keeps dying on me. What am I supposed to do? Well, assuming that it's the common name, when we refer to an umbrella tree, we're usually referring to a plant that's more properly called Schefflera. So one thing you could do if you wanted is just double check, you know, Google <clears throat> umbrella tree or Schefflera, which is spelled S-C-H-E-F-F. L-E-R-A, just to make sure we're talking about the same plant. And if we are, then what I would suggest you do is uh, recognize that it's a pretty tough plant, but it, you know, and it does usually do well in regular, our regular sort of home conditions. So bright light could be bright light outdoors, could be bright light indoors, but either way, bright light. A bit late in the season now to be putting it out. So if it's already inside, I'd keep it in, but just make sure it's in a sunny window. Only water when it's dry. Don't be watering every two or three days, particularly if you've potted it into a bigger pot and you've given it fresh soil and, you know, it's, it's got room to, to hold moisture in all that soil. Use your fingers, feel the soil, don't water unless it's quite dry, like, you know, very firm, dry soil, then water. Okay. Okay. When you, I'm assuming it's in a pot that has drainage holes. Yeah. <clears throat> so, excuse me, when you water, make sure the wa- you water enough that the water goes right through out the drainage holes so that it's a, you know, it's a thorough watering. But you might only be watering every 7, 10, even 14 days. Who knows? Kind of depends on the temperatures and the, you know, amount of uh, life that, that is in the plant for it to use the water. So never water when the soil feels wet. Mm-hmm. No fertilizer. Pull right back off. No more fertilizer at all. Uh, assuming that this plant is going to come through this stressful situation it's in, you'll start to see some very small new green growth on it. Um, let it just do its very slow green growing through the fall and winter. Next spring, you can start fertilizing, but okay. not till then. Uh, and all the plants are naturally slowing down now. The days are getting shorter. So don't be surprised if it's not, you know, bountiful and growing like crazy because nothing's going to go grow like crazy at this time of year. Things are naturally slowing down. Mm. When okay. you say it's dying, is it just, what is the actual I'm, condition? I'm assuming it yellow leaves, yeah. that yeah. sort of thing. Yellow leaves and... <clears throat> hmm. Yellow leaves often indicate too much water. Like, I wonder if maybe just it all kind of started with uh, watering it a little too often, and then in your effort to try and make it feel better, like repotting and watering more and fertilizing and all those things actually weren't solving the problem at all, but actually probably exacerbating the problem. So I think probably pulling back on the water is, is going to be your main, most important thing you can do. Sure. Okay? Okay. Let us know, Bryce, how that works out. Thank you. Thank you very much for the call. Coming up to uh, 9.30 here on AM 740. The following segment is sponsored by today's featured guest on the AM 740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Well, good morning, Glenn. Hello, Glenn. Here's Glenn there. <laughs> Hello, Glenn. Oh, hi there. Calling, there, all, there you are. calling all Glenn's listening. Oh, there's the one we want. Good morning, Glenn. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. Very well. All right, before we get into anything about gardening, I just need an update on what happened last weekend when you weren't available to be on the show. Well, uh, girls under 11 soccer, Aaron Mills, Mississauga, who I happen to coach, uh-huh. won the championship. Well, hey, how wow. about that? Wow, congratulations. First time ever with you coaching. Yeah, that was. That's so I uh, set the bar pretty high for next year. Excellent. Oh, you see the party now. The big hook. champions. Kool-Aid uh, for everybody. No, no. They, yeah, what'd you do? Did you take them out for pizza or something? Uh, we, have a, we have a picnic planned uh, for next weekend. Oh, Good nice. stuff. Good. Well, congratulations again. That's very exciting. Thank you. 
All right, that's why Glenn couldn't be with us last Saturday. <laughs> he was he was coaching the the championship right. team, but you're available today. And, and there are lots of people waiting to hear some suggestions, particularly one lady who's been having. Were you problems. listening? Did you get it? Were you listening in at all earlier, Glenn? Uh, Dorothy called about her lawn and some weed problems. No, unfortunately, no. I wasn't able to able to tune in this morning. Okay, but. no problem. Dorothy was a little, I was a little unclear what what weed she has, but it almost sounds like she's got some chickweed taking over. Uh, her lawn is, is dead, obviously below the weeds and around the weeds. Mm-hmm. Weed Be Gone hasn't been working out for her at this time of year. Uh, she, she found it very effective with dandelions, but has not found Weed Be Gone has done her uh, any, helped with the eradication. Any thoughts other than digging Something like chickweed out of the lawn, or will weed be gone work in the spring on that weed? Um, yeah, it should. I mean, I, with, with some of the those those type of weeds that that aren't like a, a tap root, uh, you know, whether they be clover and chickweed, I mean, you've got to hit them. You may have to hit them two or three times, mm-hmm. and I mean that was typical even with uh, some of the more conventional products that were out there previously. That uh, they tend to be a uh, a much tougher, tougher thing to kill. So that's right. Uh, and also, you know, as as weeds going into um, in, into the fall, just as you're talking about plants going into dormancy, you know, weeds also sort of get into this sort of protective mode, mm-hmm. in which you know they're taking up less things as well, so mm-hmm. whether it be water or fertilizer, as well as uh, you know, herbicides. So it, it actually uh, sometimes you know. As they go into dormancy, it, it, it's harder for them because they take up less of the product. Sure. So, you know, you could you could try uh, you know trying again, or, you know, and then you know once they get once weeds are back into the spring mode again, and and they're you know looking for nutrients mm-hmm. and looking for water and growing uh, rapidly, they're sort of much more receptive uh, to taking on that herbicide as well. <clears throat> That's right. So that can work way better in the spring, and and younger leaves too. I find they're usually yeah, more susceptible. Mean, uh, you know, once a, a weed, you know, if, it, if it's had all season to sort of grow, develop, and uh, it, it is obviously gets exponentially tougher to kill. Yeah. Um, if you can, if you can hit them, you know, as they're as they're emerging, the uh, you know the success rate is higher. Is obviously much much greater. Okay, so he, oh, did you want to say something, Frank? No, I was no. just wondering when Mary, uh, thing of talking to Glenn uh, about the lawn care coming up for the fall, what folks have to get ready for and what they should be doing. Well, I was just going to yeah. yeah, share with you a quote, uh, share with both of you and all of our listeners, a quote from the Guelph Turfgrass Institute this week. And the quote says, generally from mid-August to mid-September is the recommended time for overseeding damaged turf areas. If turf hasn't had an application of fertilizer, now is a good time to apply a balanced fertilizer. This will be helpful for any areas that have thinned from chinch bug feeding. It is also a good time to aerate and fall is the best time to establish new turf. So I just wanted Glenn to comment on that on Yeah, that that's quote. something that we've been advocating uh, always as well, that, you know, fall for both feeding and seeding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get a combination of, uh, you know, moisture and dew mm-hmm. as well as, uh, you know, a little bit cooler temperatures. Uh, so you're not doing it, you're not burning at all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, exactly that, you know, right now put put some top dressing down, overseed those dead spots, um, get your get your fertile. You could actually probably between now and sort of the snowfall, you could you could even get in maybe even a second fall feeding. And mm-hmm. one of the interesting things that we've, we've been, we've been advocating over the last year, we've done a lot of research on the combination of leaf mulch and, and fertilizer in the fall. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
what really gives your lawn a boost going into next spring is, you know, in that last feeding, uh, mulching your leaves down to a little bit less, smaller than sort of a dime-sized piece, mm-hmm. leaving that mulch on the lawn, right. adding the fertilizer on top of that mulch, and, and uh, because the, the fertilizer is, is, is acting uh, on, on, on based on nutrients, mm-hmm. not just dissolving in water, it actually uh, reacts with the leaf mulch and sort of gives you an extra little kick in terms of uh, that feeding going into next spring. Great idea. Because, I mean, think about it. People are out there raking their leaves. Why bother? Just uh, my, what I've learned is about an inch layer of leaves on the lawn, pull out the lawnmower, like you said, run up and down. You're cutting the lawn, but you're also chewing up the leaves. You don't bother raking them at all. Just let them get sucked up into the lawnmower, dropped back down onto the surface of the, of the lawn, the surface of the soil. And then, like you say, a layer of fertilizer will speed up the decomposition of those leaves, adding and like an extra boost. So it's an organic feed, plus it's like it's the organic matter which is providing nutrients. The fertilizer is providing nutrients, but you're feeding all the biological activity as well. Yes, it's a it's a it's a great way to really uh, hmm. you know you'll, you'll you'll see the you'll see the benefits yeah. uh, come next spring. Your lawn will be up and ready to go uh, a lot quicker than your neighbors. And it's so much easier, not to mention cheaper, because I'm totally into cheap, <laughs> to, to, you know, because what's the option? You phone up your local topsoil delivery company, they bring a big dump truck and drop some, like, whatever number of yards of soil on your driveway, and now you have to hump it from the yeah. driveway and spread it and rake it and wheelbarrow it. It's like a huge thing. You want to hire all teenagers on the street to do it for you, because it's a lot of work. But mm-hmm. just run up and down on the leaves, and you're done. You've just done virtually the same thing as all that spreading of Topsoil. Sure makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. No, it's a, it's, it's a great solution. And and so, Glenn, would you recommend two fall feedings? Like, would you recommend sort of feeding now, like this week, and then about six weeks from now as well? Or yeah, I mean, it, it, with the weather that we're having, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and typically we're you know we're, we're saying you know, you know six weeks, you yeah. know, four to six weeks between feeding. So yeah, if you were if you were to feed now, mm-hmm. um, and then you know you could get one on just sort of towards the the latter part of the fall. Uh, prior to snow, and that would yeah. that would be, uh, I mean, yeah, that would that would be uh, excellent in terms of getting yourself ready to, yeah. to take on those winter stresses and and uh, and have it really pop uh, once the snow melts. Right. What what about raking, Glenn? Do you, should you rake mm. first to kind of get any uh, mulch out of there? Or, well, dead not, stuff. If dead you have stuff, dead yeah, grass, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's not like in the spring. I mean, at this point, if there's dead thatch and things like that, you mm. want to loosen that up and. Uh, or chinch bug damage or yeah. grub and, damage. And, that, and that's where you're going to see where the, if you've got dead spots that, that, that need overseeding at this point, point as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as you're raking through, uh, you know, you may be pulling up pieces of, of turf where all the roots are dead. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that would, be, that would be where you'd want to start. Yeah, so you can do all those things. Yeah, you can rake. You can do a little bit of soil top dressing, a little bit of overseeding. Seeds will come up very quickly, can warm, and if we have some rain, that helps. If we don't have rain, you get the water out, get that new grass seed growing up, and you can be fertilizing all sort of all at the same time. This is like a perfect time to do all those little lawn care things to really have the best lawn. It's a good weekend to do it because it looks like uh, they're calling for rain uh, the latter part of next week as well. So. That's right. What's the best grass seed? Is there a general good grass seed to use, or are there the seeds... Uh, for different areas, different uh, climes, whatever, or is it? Well, yeah, there. I mean, there are specific seeds for specific areas. 
mean, typically most people in most um, uh, most applications would use it just a general purpose uh, sun and shade mix, which is a combination of uh, you know multiple types of grass seed fescues and ryegrass and and Kentucky blue, and it gives you the best overall lawn, and it helps because it's multiple types of seedlings, really blends in nicely with the lawn. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are areas, you know, there are seeds designed specifically for, you know, dense shade, mm-hmm. um, the, the, heat and drought that are, you know, t- grass seeds that are more tolerant to, to less water. So if you do have some sort of problematic areas, there are seeds that you can use. Uh, yeah, there's a high traffic blend, isn't there? Yeah, there is as well. We have a uh, Scott's uh, Pure Premium has a high traffic, which mm-hmm. you know for those areas in your backyard that are trampled on, you know, by the dog or, or the or kids. The it's kids playing seed that that has a lot of uh, bluegrass in it to help uh, recover. You know, once it's been, uh, you know, if it does get damaged. Keith also is in on any grass seed, and it truly is a case of you get what you pay for. Yes. Um, look for seeds, you know, grass seed that are. 99.9, or, or in the case of our pure premium, 99.99% weed-free. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like a lot, you know, 0.9, versus 99.99, but you figure in a, in a bag of grass seed that may have upwards of 10,000 seeds, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you get 0.1% weed seeds in, in that bag. Yep. Uh, That's could, a few uh, weeds. It could really come out when you, when you start sowing the grass. So, I mean, that, that's one thing people will, you know, they'll look at a, a price of grass seed and they think that's awfully expensive relative, say, to a no-name grass seed. But, but once you put it down and, and what, you know, what, what comes up is, is, is ultimately what you're paying for. Quality is the watchword then, really. Yeah. No Go question. for the best product. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't skimp on price when it comes to grass seed blends. And, and like Glenn said, pick the blend that works in your conditions. For example, you know, soccer coach of the year here obviously needs <laughs> yeah. to put the high traffic oh, yeah. grass seed out either in his backyard or at least on the field where they've been playing. Yeah. <laughs> well, Glenn, I didn't think it was possible. I now live in an apartment, but you made me miss my lawn. <laughs> really? Well, that's, that, well that's, that, that's a good thing. You should ever should have lawn envy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Great talking to you today, Glenn. Thanks so much, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Take care. Talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. All right, there's the, there's the update on lawn care. Today's guest in conversation is a proud sponsor of the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Need gardening advice? You've come to the right place. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, the makers of miracle Grow. 9.44 on a beautiful Saturday. Thank you for joining us here at AM740 Zoomer Radio, the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show on the air. Phone number is 416-360-0740 in Toronto. Anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And hi to Erica in Burlington, who's probably got a cauliflower ear now. She's been waiting so long. <laughs> hi, Erica. Good morning. Morning. Uh, I have a question about my composter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last uh, three years or so, it has frozen into a block. In the winter, yeah. In the winter, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was wondering what happens to my wiggly worms when that freezes. Well, have you found the wiggly worms in the spring? Well, yes. I try to uh, empty my composter about two-thirds of it Mm -hmm. and leave the rest. Mm -hmm. In the Uh, fall, you mean? Yeah. And and then, of course, in the spring, uh, I'm looking for the worms, and and I got one or two. Uh 
And then at the mid of the season, I seem to have a whole lot more. You know what they do? They go down, because you're right, the compost above ground can freeze, depending on the kind of temperatures we're having. So as the compost gets colder and colder and starts to freeze, first the worms move into the center of the compost where it's the warmest. But if it starts to even get cold there, they'll move down and they'll go down below ground because most of our composters are open at the bottom. and they're Mine is a drum. Oh, you're so drum. Oh, okay. So you know what? They're finding what? I mean, you're in that tropical Burlington, so that might have something to do with it. That there's just, as long as they, they don't die, all it takes is two worms to produce thousands of worms. Uh, so that's probably what's happening. All, if, even if two can survive in that frozen mass, yeah. the center obviously isn't completely frozen, and the worms are surviving. Huh. It's interesting. Yeah, you're right. With the drum ones, it's a little different because there is no place to hide. Uh-huh. But uh, it's obviously working for you. If you're not adding worms, the worms are surviving. I was just wondering what happens to them and how do they come back or how do they get in there again if they're, no, if they're all gone? They go pretty dormant. I mean, you know, frogs in, in the natural world, they, they sink down under the mud at the bottom of the ponds and they virtually shut down for the winter, right? Their, their blood turns into like antifreeze and they just stay alive and super frozen conditions. That's great. And worms can do the same thing to a point. I mean, if it gets too cold for too long, they will die. But uh, the winters have been with you, obviously. Yes. Oh, good stuff. Well, thanks for that. That's a great question, Erica. uh, What do I do with a compost that I take out and over winter? Oh, when you're taking it out, don't you just drop it onto a, a flower bed that might need just a little extra organic matter? Yeah, I'm trying to save that to do that in the spring. Well, then, I mean, you... If you have a sort of a corner, you can put the compost, do that, or just leave it in the composter for the winter. Or are you just trying to make room in the composter for some of your winter uh, yes, veggies and that stuff? I, that I do. Yeah. Okay. So um, I do you have a vegetable garden that is empty all winter? No. No? Okay. But do you have any spots where there is, you know, the annuals die down and you can just kind of plop the compost? I could. I, I keep yeah. it more fresh for the spring and more nutrients in the spring to go into the ground when I spread it. Sometimes people will actually bag or or make a little pile of compost and then put a tarp over top just to stop it from washing away. But certainly the nutrients don't go anywhere. Even if they're washing, they're just washing outside the pile into the soil below. So wherever you drop your compost in for the short term, put it somewhere where you ultimately still want good nutrient. Okay. Thank okay, you so much. I thank you. Stop wondering. <laughs> thank you, Erica. Uh, you're listening to The Garden Show here at AM 740. Frank Proctor along with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, we're going to go to Oshago and say hi to Sheila. Good morning, Sheila. Good morning. And I love your show and get a lot of info from it. Good. Um, last year, uh, Charlie, I, I bought four hydrangeas. Mm-hmm. And they flowered absolutely gorgeous. Leaves big, very healthy, no bugs. This year, they didn't flower at all. Uh, do you know what variety of hydrangeas they were? Uh, no, um, I just got two blue ones and two pink ones, <laughs> and I know that's to do with the fertilizer that you use. That's right, but they had the big ball flowers. Yes. And you bought them in a garden center? I did. Outside? Outside. Okay, because I was just going to say, like, sometimes, you know, at Easter and Mother's Day, we have the florist hydrangeas with the big ball flowers, which tend to be a little on the um, tender side for okay. really surviving in our gardens. It sounds to me like you probably bought four nice specimens of the newest hydrangea called Endless Summer. It actually would have come in a pot that would have said proven winners or something on it somewhere. 
Endless Summer is famous for being phenomenal in the garden center and quite beautiful in our gardens. But honestly, there's something about this year and Endless Summer Hydrangea. Mm-hmm. They haven't flowered for me either. Isn't that funny? Yeah, So, but I'm not, I'm not losing my mind on it. Part of why the reason why I'm not going to go crazy yet is because I moved mine last year. So okay. s- you planted yours last year. I moved mine. It might just be a case of these plants having to get settled in a bit and get a little bit comfortable with their new location. Okay. And then they'll go back to the regular blooming and leaving as they should. But as you know, gardening is a, is a study in patience. So I'm not, like I said, I'm not losing my mind yet. I'm going to give it another year or so. And we'll certainly watch them and see what happens. And if there's still a problem, I will be calling up those proven winners people and getting them on the radio here to <laughs> explain to us yep. why they aren't blooming. Because we paid big bucks for those shrubs. We do. Yeah. And, and the... the uh, the greenery on all four mm-hmm. are just beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not wilted. There's no bugs on them. Yeah. You're huge fl- yeah. uh, leaves. Yeah. And they're planted around a bird bath. Mm-hmm. And you want color, not just green. I want flowers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't blame you. Me too. Okay. So, may so, I ask one more question concerning that, please? Um, actually, I uh, use miracle Grow. Mm-hmm. Different kind for the hydrangeas. Um, no, no. Mi- miracle Grow is fine, but don't be doing it now. Remember? Oh no, 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 yeah. no. I've stopped yeah. doing that. No more fertilizer. The beginning of the month, almost. Uh, exactly, but no. Miracle Grow is the right one. You're thinking acid if you wanted to try and cause them to be a little more blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could if you can get a hold of acid. I'm not sure if it even exists anymore, but that I will so. lower your pH. If you want the bluer hydrangeas, we go for something that will lower our pH. So a sulfur-based fertilizer. A lower Otherwise, pH. Okay. We sulfur. get, yeah. And that's for the blue. The, otherwise, right. they'll They're just pink. come up uh, the pinky. That's right, assuming they flower. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you very, Thanks, very much. Sheila. I've been trying to get on the show for a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I'm glad you made it. Yeah. Okay, Sheila. Have a good day. We have to trot along here. 951. We'll be back in just a moment to have a word with uh, Jill, who has a problem with a bamboo plant. Mm. So uh, stick around, folks. Charlie Dobbin back in a moment to deal with that. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, makers of EcoSense Weed Be Gone, the new way to kill weeds. Uh, new way to kill that pain. Charlie, you've got a darn good suggestion. I do. The Sierra Sil is an all-natural mineral supplement, which when taken daily, and you can attest to this, yes, right? Yes, I can. Because you take it daily. You can kickbox your way out of a paper bag, no problem. <laughs> Taking Seracil daily helps with joint inflammation, chronic pain, any kind of joint pain. And, um, yeah, lots of good anecdotal information from both you, from my husband, from my mom. Everybody's having a good experience with it. So if you suffer from joint pain, check out sierrasil.ca or call one 877 joint 14. Okay, let's get up to say hi to Jill, who has a bamboo plant problem here. Hi, Jill. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. I've been given the gift of a small bamboo plant. It's in a glass jar with pebbles, Mm -hmm. and I've lost the directions for watering. I know it has to be in diffuse light, Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure how much water to put in. So what you're calling a bamboo plant is actually a dracaena, mm-hmm. and it is a tropical plant, and it's just in a glass jar with some pebbles at the bottom, yes. and we keep them inside the house, so you're absolutely right, diffuse light, so not right in a window, but on, you know, on a nice coffee table. It's a, usually a beautiful arrangement, the way they're put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you'll do is, just you'll, because the glass is clear, you can see the water. But it's very hard to see how much. 
Uh, oh, the, the level. Yes. Um, so, because the bottom line is you can't really overwater that plant. Oh, that's good. So you can fill that little glass jar and just, you know, you'll be able to see the line going up yes, or have your yes. finger ready I to feel afraid, it. Usually I, I overwater things, so I'm oh. afraid of putting too much. Well, that's the best thing about the little, they're called Lucky Bamboo. Uh, the best thing about these is because they're living in water, you can't overwater them. The roots that grow will be completely able to live in that water oh, logged situation. Now, I'm going away for two weeks on Monday. Should mm-hmm. I just... I have someone who's coming in, but could could it last for two weeks without watering? I, uh, do you have air conditioning in your house? Um, well, only, no, I only put it on when I'm there. Right, but with you going away, you'll have the house all closed up. So will you have you have the the temp? You won't just let the house get up to you know 100 no, degrees it, or anything. It's an apartment. Okay, so it won't get too warm in there. I guess that's my only point. Is if it was got too warm, I'll have the curtains drawn. It definitely draw the curtains yes. and water all your plants thoroughly before you go. If it's dark and it's cool, the plants will not be using much water. So two weeks shouldn't be a problem. Oh, oh, that's good. And when it gets bigger. Does it always have to be in pebbles, or, or can it be in earth, too? You can go to earth with it, but it's a bit of a process to do that, and the best time to do it would be in the early spring. Oh, I see. Okay. So um, how do you know when it's big enough to to um, get a bigger container? Oh, you won't need that. They're good for years. They're Are good they? for probably three to four years in the containers they come in. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah, so don't worry for a while. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks, Problem Jill. solved, you overwaterer, you. I know, a perfect plant <laughs> yeah, for somebody who loves exactly. to water. Exactly. <laughs> it's always my problem, too, when I was having a few plants at home. Yes, well, that you were killing, I believe. Yeah, you? Yes, I'm, I'm a killer. It's love. It's just too much love. That's too the much problem. love. That's you. Gail, is that your problem in Toronto? Too much love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish it were. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I was going to ask you, is it too late to, pr- uh, to plant chrysanthemums so they'll bloom in the in the fall? Oh, not at all. If you plant chrysanthemums now, like if yeah. you were to buy some, yeah. chances are they're going to be in full bud right now anyway. Oh, okay. It's a perfect so I, time to I plant them. I can get some right away and plant them. For sure. Try, yeah. try and get some... There's no that... flowers in the front garden at all. The, the roses, they only bloomed once and that was it. Oh, really? And the lilies, of course, have finished. Sure. Are they so old no... roses that you have, ones that only bloom once? Well, um, it was a climbing rose and... Um, it it bloomed um, about three or four times last year because we had all that rain, mm, so yeah. it was really good. Mm-hmm. And then this year it bloomed at the end of May because everything was way so ahead early. of time. Yep. And after the blooms had finished, it never bloomed again. Did you fertilize that rose? Uh, no, I, d- I, I didn't know what to put on it. Okay, well, there you go. Rose food, just rose any food? good rose food. It could be a liquid or it could be a granular. Mm-hmm. Roses are heavy feeders. And when they're popping, put a lot of energy into those blooms, and ah. as you said, they were early this year, That's right. that big show caught, you know, took a lot of energy. Oh. So roses need to be fed in the spring. If you want to keep those blooms coming, you've got you to gotta feed them. Okay, and how often do you put that rose food on? Uh, twice, usually. I'll do it right early in the spring when I'm pruning, and then six weeks later. Oh, okay. So, um, so next year when I yep. when when it starts again, that's when I exactly. put the, the food. Yeah, and that should prolong your display. Yes, and I can get that stuff from any garden. Any good garden center. Rose food. Yep. Huh? 
Okay, thanks very much, You're Jerry. very welcome. Thank you, Gail, okay. for uh, calling into the Garden Show with uh, and That Charlie was a good Dublin. question, that, mm-hmm. you know, is it time to put mums in the garden? Because it's actually the perfect time. What a weekend, That's, too. Yeah, the soil is nice and warm. The mums are coming into the stores. They're green right now. There yep. might be a few flowers, but try and get some that aren't in full bloom. And, you know, you pu- put them into the ground now, you know, a little, little bit of water, you know, good thorough yep. watering. Enjoy their flowers all fall. They'll, of course, go dormant in the winter. They should survive the winter, no problem. Mm -hmm. They'll be green plants all next spring and summer and bloom again next fall for you. Well, there you go. So that's part of that all-season color garden that, you know, so often we're trying to achieve. Good-looking gardens year-round. Yep. And Uh uh, uh, now next week, I would love you to start the show reading an email that that just came in. I told you about, yeah. And uh, it's really really a great email about the value of knowing about uh, AM 740 being on Rogers Cable Channel 949. That's right. But we'll start the show with that next week. That's right. But in the meantime, try that, everybody. Flip your TV to Channel 949, and you'll be listening to AM 740, no matter where you are, whatever time of day. Crystal clear. Exactly. Exactly. Charlie, you have a wonderful week. Uh, Got any special plans? I'm off to a party this afternoon. Are you? I am. Well, I'm going to be visiting my 14-year-old granddaughter who Uh, celebrated a birthday last week. Lovely. Just giving her a little gift today. Nice. I'm looking forward to that. That's after your show. Yes. Lots going on in the city. I'm going to be talking fascinating uh, guy uh, about a fascinating group of of one of the buskers Mm -hmm. down at the big busker fest, which is on in the St. Lawrence Market area. Yeah. Uh, You'll be fascinated to hear what this uh, this group does. Neat. So that's just one. Yeah, One yeah. We have many of your more. of your amazing I interviews. Know. I... <laughs> you are too much. Well, thanks uh, so much, Frank, for being the best sous chef. Charlie, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming back, Grace, and thanks to all our great callers. See you next week, and you too. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin is brought to you each and every Saturday by Scott's. Grow the world you want with Scott's entire line of products made with nature and you in mind. To learn more and grow more, visit scotts.ca. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.